And you know what? You don't have to read from the beginning for this series. This is one of those series where I settled in just fine. Corrine is convulsing over at her seat right now. I'm sorry, Corrine, but you know, it can be done. Welcome to Keep It Fictional, a weekly podcast for book lovers by book lovers. Build your to-be-read list with Sadie, Liz, Virginia, Fiona, and Corrine from the Port Moody Public Library. Warning, this podcast contains strong opinions and may cause an increase in your library holds list. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Keep It Fictional, a podcast for book lovers by book lovers presented by the Port Moody Public Library. My name is Liz. I will be your host for today's special episode on a topic that we will get into in just a moment. But I want to also introduce my book friends who are here today. We have Corrine, Fiona, and Virginia. All right. Well, we are well into the fall season here in the city of Port Moody, and it has been a wet one. One thing we like at least as much as a good book, I'd like to think, is staying cozy, staying inside, staying dry and out of the elements, hopefully while enjoying that good book. Another thing that we do love here at the Port Moody Public Library is a good pun. With books to choose from like It's a Wonderful Knife, The Cakes of Wrath, Crime Brulee, and To Brie or Not to Brie. I mean, how can you resist? I mean... I love a good pun. I'm sure all of my book friends love a good pun, despite Virginia's cringing. But deep down inside, I got to say they're pretty good. Now, if you put them all together, a hopefully good book, a cozy time reading, and a punny title, chances are in our collection, you will come up with a cozy mystery. Now, this subgenre is different from your run-of-the-mill mystery or what most people think about when they think about this genre. In a cozy, yes, there has been a crime that has committed, been committed, usually murder. However, the actual gory bits, any violence, profanity, sex even, I mean, it just happens kind of off the page. There's no, there's no real lurid descriptions. There's no real blood and guts and gore. Probably nothing too scary, depending on what your threshold is for that. We're just here for a good time and a good murder that gets solved by a punny sleuth. I don't know. Anyways, I'd like to think that there is a cozy mystery for everybody. So with those punny titles we just went over... Most of them went in the theme of food, creme brulee, brie, cakes, but there are so many other themes, everything from animals to different locations like bookshops and libraries to holidays and even hobbies like knitting and crochet and scrapbooking and pretty much everything under the sun. Pick a theme and chances are we'll be able to find a cozy mystery for you. All right. Now, before we get into our books, I just want to quickly ask everybody, what are one or two things that make for a cozy reading experience for you? Coffee and blankets. That sounds great right about now. It's raining outside right now. I could use coffee and a blanket. Well, actually, for me, rain noises. I love reading, hearing that rain on the skylight is actually a great noise. Very soothing. 
Definitely agree with the the hot beverage. Doesn't have to be coffee. Can be coffee, and a really good sitting chair. The chair is very important. Fair enough. Although I will admit, maybe it's just because of my intense need to be horizontal. But actually, right now, it's like in my hoodie, my big warm hoodie, enveloped in a cocoon of softness, and reading in my bed, just kind of like. <laughs> all the way down. It's like the closest you can get to sleep without sleeping. So you're like wake, wake reading, sleep reading, (laughs) sort of. I can't, I can't disagree with all those points. I don't have an hoodie. So, um, blanket it is. Oh, Liz, now I know what to get you for Christmas. I mean, a hoodie is basically a blanket that has a hood on it. (laughs) Liz, I beg to disagree. An hoodie is an experience. An hoodie is a lifestyle choice. Um, an Udi is so much more than a bl- two blankets sewn together. So much more. This episode is sponsored by. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we love your products. Uh, so if Udi is listening, um, I, I feel we could talk about Udi's all day and the merits of it and whatnot. However, <laughs> we have some cozy books, cozy mysteries, cozy crime mysteries to delve into today. So without further ado, um, I know Virginia read something that I was kind of surprised about thematically. So why don't we start with Virginia? Oh, this, oh, this. Um, So, you know, I'm going to be honest with everybody here. This is the most challenging assignment yet. I try six, seven, eight of these ones and I give it a really good fair try. I try so hard. And I just couldn't bring myself to continue reading any of them. And apparently, I really don't care for Cozy. So maybe this is the best person to start with because it's the person who don't care for them. I think what people love about Cozy's are the things that I really don't care for. The plot is... Like, just, I'm like, come on. Like, all the ones that I pick up all follow the same pattern. And that is not to say other stories don't have that formula or tropes, you know, but it's just that these are not the formula and tropes that I love, I think. And I think what bugs me the most, I was talking to Corinne about it, I think it's the voice of the character. Like, I just can't get on board with this know-it-allness of them. And so many of them are, like, kind of mean when they make these snarky comments. And I just don't like, I just, I just can't deal with them. So... I was at a point where I was just like, maybe I would just take a pass on this episode. I just feel like so bad about it. But then anyway, so then I was like, you know what? Let's let's maybe go back, go back to the classic, maybe, maybe more the established series. Maybe I can try one of those and see how that works. So I went back to a series that started in 1990, so 30 somewhat years ago, and it is available in audiobook from the library and and you all know I'm also a very new audiobook reader so my mind tends to wander when I read audiobook and so I was like listening to this and suddenly I was like wait wait did they just swear in this book I was just like no maybe I heard it wrong and then it happened again I'm like wait a second I know that like just like Liz said there's not supposed to be like profanity in this so what is going on and then I went and read more about the author and I'm like you know what you are kind of amazing and I really like respect the offer and so I decide you okay fine I will give you eight hours of my life and I will listen to this audiobook so the book that I chose for this episode is Rita Mae Brown's Wish 
you were here. This is the first book in the Mrs. Murphy series. And I should really point it out too. It's by Rita Mae Brown and Sneaky Pie Brown because she did credit her cat as the co-worker. Hence why this is so excited because I read a cat book. But there's also a dog in it. So I don't know why the dog doesn't get enough building in this book. That, that, that is just wrong. But anyway, so this is the first book in the series. And this story takes place in Crozet, Virginia. And the main character is Mary Minor Hairstein, also known as Harry. She is the postmistress, so she's in charge of the only post office in town, and her job is to sort through all the mail that comes through and put them in the right box for everybody. So everybody has to come in to get their mail. Part of the fun in her job, which she loves to do the most, which she knows she probably shouldn't do, is to read people's postcards. Because postcards are kind of like open letters, right? Like, you know, a letter just lying there. You want to know who is writing what to whom. It is super exciting. And she just loves to do that, even though she knows she shouldn't. But, you know, how is she supposed to keep up with what's going on in Tang if she doesn't, like, take a peek at these postcards? Like I said, everybody in Tang comes to visit the post office to get their mail. So she gets to see everybody. And they will also all take the time to tell Harry and give her advice and talks to her about her pending divorce. Oh yes, a small town. Everybody knows your name. Everybody knows your business. Everybody thinks that your business is also their business. And everybody knows what's best for you. So everyone has an opinion about Harry's divorce. Everybody wants to explain to her why this is just a horrible idea because they're just opposed to divorce or that they think that her husband is such a catch. Why would you give him up? And everybody thinks that like a woman should be this, a woman should do this and just so many, so many opinions. And it is like the talk of the town. But then a real thing happened that really becomes the talk of the town. They found a dead body. A dead body belongs to Kelly, a contractor and a resident in Crozet. And this death is fairly gruesome. So people are quite shocked at what happened. And of course, everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. Is it an accident that happened or is there actually a murder? But before they could even figure that out, Another murder happened, and then someone else is also killed. This time is Maud, the store owner of a pretty lucrative business. So they're horrified at what's happening in Crozet because this shouldn't happen in their beloved town. So what is going on? Everybody has a theory. Everybody's trying to figure out, are the deaths linked with each other? Is there a serial killer on the loose? Of course, Harry is also trying to figure out what's going on. And then it dawned on Harry that these two people both received a postcard just before they died. And she remembered on the front is a picture of a famous grave. It's somewhere a famous cemetery. And on the back, it said, wish you were here for both of them. So now she's like, what is the connection? And she's dying to get a hold of those postcards so she can find out where they were sent from. And, you know, can there's something similar about them or is there anything common between them? But of course, Harry is one step behind because T. Tucker and Mrs. Murphy have kind of gathered all the clues, have sort of figured stuff out. And they keep trying to tell Harry about it, but she won't listen. Well, more like she doesn't understand 
because Mrs. Murphy is Harry's tiger cat, and T. Tucker is her Welsh corgi, and these humans so dense, you know, they just. Don't have the smell. They don't have the sight. They just can't figure out these clues that are right in front of their face. So T. Tucker and Mrs. Murphy will have to find a different way to show Harry the clues, to show them what they have discovered to help solve these murders. So that is the beginning of this series. I have to say. I wasn't annoyed at the characters, which I think is a big plus for me. Maybe because I I know this is going to be like that's a stereotype, but maybe because I expect a cat to be snarky, maybe so it kind of fits. So it kind of works, and even the you know even the dog was good, you know. And again, they're both partners, so I don't know why it just showcased a cat and the thing. But anyway, and. Knowing, I think knowing、uh, Rita Mae's Brown like background, you know, like like there's definitely this running social commentary in the background there, which adds to the the book for sure. And yeah, so it's it's good, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just gonna reserve my my comments to myself. But I'm glad that I amuses list that I read a cat book. So you know, and I feel like I I deserve a certificate of participation at least for this one. So, anyway,、um, so yeah, wish you were here. First book in the Mrs. Murphy mystery series by Rita Mae Brown and Sneaky Pie Brown. Thank you, Virginia, both for sharing that、uh, classic in the canon of、uh, cozy mysteries,、uh, and also for making such an effort to find one that was for you to some degree. So kudos to you! Thank you for all that effort. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay, well,、um, I don't know if anybody else、uh, read a cat cozy,、um, as my fellow panelists are not as cat. Savvy as cat fanatical as some of the rest of us here,、um, why don't we see what Fiona has read for today's episode? Yeah, so I also read an older book written in 1958 by June Wright, which was recently republished. And I actually, I feel like it was one of those middle of the night like. Things where I was just you know like thinking about whatever, and this popped into my head. I wonder if there's any mysteries about nuns solving crimes. <laughs> <laughs> so at the same time, on the new mystery bookshelf was Reservation for Murder, the first book in the series for the Mar-、uh, Mary Paul. Uh, murder mystery series by June Wright, who is an Australian author, and this is about Mother Paul, who is a nun who solves mysteries. So, the setting is Melbourne. The setting is a women's hostel in Melbourne. So,、uh, it's run by the nuns, and it's like you know, it's not like you go backpacking and stay there for a week. It's like you know, when you're a single woman who works as a secretary or who is studying, you stay there in this、uh, hostel with all sorts of other women who are in the same circumstance. And the setting was definitely the setting and time were definitely the best parts about the book. There was a lot of just sort of lingo、uh, that was fun for the time, and of course, it's an interesting time because、uh, we're getting out of the like the stuffy fifties and into the more、um, 
fun 60s. That's not the word I want to use, but like, I guess swinging 60s. Thank you. Um, So all of these women, these young women in their 20s out in the world working and they all wear nice clothes and there were great descriptions of the clothes and then kind of like pick at each other. And there's all of this sort of like drama among them and the nuns as well. One of the disappointments was that Mother Mary Paul was actually not in it that much. It actually follows, very confusingly, Mary, who is not Mother Mary Paul, but a different Mary, who is also sometimes called Maria by her friend Fenella. I don't know, Maria, Mary, they come from the same name, but they're not the same name. I found it very confusing. Um, it, so it follows Mary, who is maybe a little bit older than some of the girls. Uh, and a lot of them sort of look to her for advice. The nuns trust her uh, with things. And she is often the uh, woman in charge of signing people in at night. So, of course, with the hostel, there's a curfew and you've got to, you know, make sure that people come in by that curfew and make sure that they're not bringing men into the house. And one night when Mary is doing this job, a body is found. A mysterious man who no one seems to have any relation to. They can't figure out who he is. So, the police actually recruit Mary, not the nun, just the girl, <laughs> to, uh, to help out. And then Mother Mary kind of gives Mary a little bit of <laughs> direction on the side. So it was a great cast of characters, uh, and it took me a long time to figure out who everyone is because they're all these women in their 20s. And they do have very different personalities, but there was such a large cast of characters. It took me a long time. But Mary's best friend, Fenella, is sort of throws caution to the wind. She's a fun sort of party girl. And then there's Claire, the sort of butch athletic tennis player. There were a few younger girls who caused a lot of drama and I couldn't remember who was who. And then there is the cop and his American friend, and then a couple of nuns who I also couldn't remember who was who. So a really, f- oh, and, and Verna, Verna, the slithering, awful girl who nobody liked and just wanted to push everybody's buttons all the time. And then there's a whole wing of the of the hostel, which is dedicated to uh, an older woman and her helper, Jonesy. And they're all always teasing Jonesy. And uh, she's also always having a hard time from the woman that she looks after, who is very strict with her. Just a lot of dynamics. And I, the mystery itself was not fantastic. It was more about like learning about all of these characters, but I found that it didn't always add to like, like I had no idea who it was. And I was just like, I don't, I have no idea, no guesses, but just finding out about those characters was a a lot of fun with all of their different personalities and how they interact with each other. Um, There's also a poison pen in the beginning. So before the murder, someone is writing horrible letters to everyone, threatening mean letters. And there is all this talk about who that could be. And after the first murder, eventually there is a second murder. And it is a question of whether it is murder or suicide. So I guess I shouldn't say it's a murder. Maybe it's a suicide. 
<laughs> Oops. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, and and the the plot thickens until a big crescendo at the end that culminates in a barbecue that the police set up so that they can get in to talk with everybody and all of their boyfriends. It was it was very exciting and just fun to go to Melbourne in 1958. And I think that I'm going to read the next one because I have a feeling that now that this character of Mother Mary Paul is set, um, she might have a little bit more hand in solving the mystery. But Mary herself was actually a fun character and not at all snarky Virginia. Uh, she was quite competent and kind, maybe even a little bit of a Mary Sue, I guess. Thanks, Fiona. Um, I don't know why I was surprised to hear that there's a whole cozy series based on nuns, but if anybody was going to find it, it would be you. So thank you for sharing that. Hopefully more nun action in the second book. All right, Corinne, did you stick with the uh, sort of classics or did you go for something a bit more uh, contemporary? Well, Liz, I went with something newer and a series that is ongoing because one of the wonderful thing, uh, one of one of the many wonderful things, Virginia, about cozy mysteries that is so great, Virginia, is that they are all series. And this is an ongoing series. It is by a Canadian author, which I wanted to highlight that there are many great Canadian authors working in the cozy mystery minds. And I am actually a huge fan of cozy mysteries, but that 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 is as it should be because it makes sure that Virginia and I don't agree on things. So it's, it's only the way it is. And so I appreciate Virginia's college try in trying to find a cozy mystery that worked. But I mean, quintessentially, it is not a genre that I think that Virginia can enjoy. And I can appreciate that because I'm I'm a big fan. And the things that I like about the genre are things that Virginia can't like. And that's what keeps books interesting. There's a book for every reader. And I am a huge fan of cozy mysteries. I love that um, it kind of goes with George Orwell's essay, The Decline of the English Murder, um, where he talks about how what is the appeal and kind of like the formula of it kind of gives you a sense of justice in the world. It gives you a little puzzle to work on. It makes you feel like that everything happens in life for a reason and that at the end you get closure. And so he was really writing about, you know, after the world war, how there was this huge bump in kind of like the golden age of detective stories and cozy mysteries in England because of that sense of you want to feel like that there is a meaning behind something, that things happen for a reason, that it isn't just like a cruel twist of fate. And so I I, I love them. Uh, I have got my background as uh, Badger's Drift from Midsummer's Murder, the worst place in England, one of the longest running uh, cozy mystery television series and book series. And the one that I have chosen to talk about is a, as I said, contemporary one. Um, it does have a cat in it, which was, of course, very difficult for me to handle and just felt wrong and bad. However, I did gravitate towards a series that was very easy for me to understand the milieu because it is one of the many books in the subgenre of cozy mysteries that take place in libraries. <laughs> Ta-da! So I chose By Book or Crook by Eva Gates, which is the pen name of Vicki Delaney, who has written a number of other mystery series. Um, there are a lot of cozy mysteries series that take place in libraries, and I have like a 
a creepy obsession with reading them in the same way that I feel like a lot of doctors watch Grey's Anatomy and are just like, (laughs) yeah. So that's kind of how I read a lot of these uh, mysteries that are set in libraries because the characters spend most of their time reading. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. That's really, really cute. Um, So this is a series about Lucy Richardson. And for the last 10 years, she has been working at the Harvard Special Collections Library kind of whiling away. She's engaged to some fancy lawyer. She's got a great life. Everything's going good for Lucy. And then, of course, inevitably, her fiance is cheating on her. (sighs) And so what's a girl to do? Well, a girl is going to go over to the tiny little um, north outer banks of North Carolina, this like cozy little seaside town where she's gone every summer with her aunt Ellen. And she has like wonderful memories of this place. And in a stunning coup of nepotism, her aunt Ellen gets her a job at the public library there. Mm-hmm. Just like that. And what is very special about this particular library is that the library itself is based in a lighthouse, a charming antique lighthouse. And as As the director of this new library, she also gets to live in the lighthouse because her house, her little like cozy little abode is just above in the top floor of the lighthouse. What a dream. I will admit I did not pay attention to most of the plot because I was too busy dreaming about what if I could be the librarian in a lighthouse and look out over the sea and just walk down to work every morning. What a dream. What a dream. But I did write, I I did look at the back of the book. So I remembered most of the plot. Most of what I remember is the lighthouse living because it sounds amazing. But so in this tiny little library, cannot emphasize how small it is. It's the Bodie Island Lighthouse Library. How charming. They are having an exhibit of, hold on to your petticoats, uh, first edition Jane Austen novels and Jane Austen's notebooks. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Sure. And they're set up in this little seaside town in some cabinets that are locked with a key. It's fine. Well, you're never going to guess what happens. (laughs) One of these books gets stolen. And (laughs) my favorite part about the blurb on the backs is one of the, the priceless first edition Jane Austen novels is stolen. And then there's a pause. And the chairman of the library board is murdered. But you know, like, what is the most important of those two things? Yes, someone is murdered in the library and the Jane Austen is taken. And so Lucy, of course, as the amateur detective in this cozy mystery, is going to solve it. She is going to find out who took the book and who did the murders and um, maybe find some romance um, because that's the other thing in a cozy mystery is often like there's a little love triangle. I think she's got like the mayor of the town on one hand and like the sheriff on the other. And like, who will she choose? I, I don't I don't actually know that yet. But anyways, the series is ongoing. It's it's kind of like exactly what you want out of a cozy mystery. It's got a, a really fun setting. The character has a really fun job. Everything gets wrapped up at the end. And um, you learn a little bit about Jane Austen, which what what more could you ask out of a book? What more could you ask? So, yes, that is my my little pick is by Book or Crook by Eva Gates. You just described my nightmare book, I think, Corinne. <laughs> I'm just as you're talking about it, I'm like, 
okay, I don't like books of that realist. I really don't like books set in a books or like a library. And then there's a cozy mission and there's like romance. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like nightmare, nightmare. Again, our Venn diagram is just two circles on either side of the page. I know. I'm, I'm glad that it's it's pushing it away again. So that's good. That's good. The, the universe is back. back. Everything is normal. Don't panic. Everything is normal. Phew. Well, thank you for that, Corinne, um, introducing us to a book um, with a, it sounds like a very charming uh, perception of what libraries and librarianship is all about. Oh, it's a dream job. And again, your house is above the library. You just, and there's a cat. Oh, sorry. I forgot. There's a cat. There's a library cat and the library cat lives with her because of course it does. It sounds like a dream. And it's a little like seaside summer town with like boulevards and ice cream and seafood is that what happens i don't go to the beach seafood there's lots of seafood you're not really a beach person though but anyways that's uh that's another uh topic for another day all about corinne uh, <laughs> so thanks for that all right well um going from corinne's seaside town to um something that reminded me a little bit about port moody where we are and for those of you who aren't familiar with our rather relatively small town of 33-ish thousand people, uh, not too far from Vancouver, 45 to 60 minutes outside of Vancouver, depending on how traffic is, and that number grows exponentially, it seems, every year or so, our town is known amongst uh, other things, for its breweries. And we have a street called Brewer's Row with, I believe, five craft breweries uh, to date, as well as a, uh, a distillery. So if you enjoy imbibing in such beverages, then Port Moody may be a town for you. That being said, I found a series of cozies that is all about breweries and brewing. Now, this book comes from the author Ellie Alexander, and she is known for her bake shop mysteries. So books about a bakery where the person solves mysteries, of course. The titles are all very punny, and she describes in great detail baked goods. So she has being a resident of uh, the Pacific Northwest and Washington State, which also has a very strong brewing culture, uh, she has created a new series called the Sloan Krauss Mysteries. So, so Sloan Krauss is our protagonist, but these stories all revolve around her life within the brewing industry in a tiny, tiny town called Leavenworth. Yes, that real town in Washington State. The one I chose to read is Beyond a Reasonable Stout, in a bizarre move, I decide to read book number three. It's called Beyond a Reasonable Stout. Uh, book one is The Pint of No Return, and book two is Death on Tap. So I decide to jump into Beyond a Reasonable Stout. I mean, I, I enjoy a good stout. How can, how can I resist that title? It had some good reviews. And you know what? You don't have to read from the beginning for this series. This is one of those series where... I settled in just fine. Corrine is convulsing over at her seat right now. I'm sorry, Corrine, but you know, it can be done. It can be done, especially I feel in the cozy mystery world. Yes, there is a crime. Somebody is murdered, but I feel like 
Ellie Alexander's strong point is talking about the characters, describing the characters, describing the town, describing the brewing process. And then there just happened to be a murder that gets solved along the way and, you know, gets wrapped up at the end. So, all right. Now that Corrine has worked that out of her system, that shock out of her system. So Sloane lives in Leavenworth. And for those of you who have never been to Leavenworth, uh, it's a bit of a trip, a trip in that it has modeled itself as sort of an old fashioned German town. So wherever you go, it's a very Bavarian, very distinctive architecture, as you may see in old Bavaria and lots of shops that really play up the Germanic theme. So there's a nutcracker shop, uh, there's little inns, there's little taverns. So of course there are some craft breweries there. Sloan works at Nitro, which is sort of considered like a microbrewery. And she has family by marriage who work at Der Keller, which is basically the largest brewery in town and is so big that they export their beer. Now, Sloan is looking for a fresh start. She, in a previous book, I'm assuming she had caught her husband, Mac, with uh, what she describes as a beer wench in a traditional beer wench costume. Her words, not mine. Anyways, so she's looking for a fresh start and she's getting that at Nitro where her talents and her palate as a brewer are appreciated. Oktoberfest, which is probably the busiest time of year for the town has ended. The influx of tourism is vital to this town. And what people primarily come for is the beer and the Germanic beer festival culture. Now that things have quieted down a bit, uh, the town is about to have an election for city council. Now the incumbent, Christopher, he has decided that his platform will be basically to turn the town dry. He's saying that beer and festivals such as Oktoberfest are bringing in crime and ruining the town with the influx of people who don't care about the town and litter and cause all kinds of trouble. Now, of course, uh, this has pretty much all of the business owners in Leavenworth up in arms because if the town runs dry, not only will the breweries be out of business, but so will likely the inns, the shops, everybody else, essentially, who depends on those tourism dollars in their town. So sure enough, after a rally by Valerie at Der Keller, who is Chris's main competition in the council election, sure enough, after the rally that night where things get very heated when Chris decides to confront her, he turns up dead. So we don't see the murder, but we, uh, of course, have Sloan stumble upon the crime scene as she is on her way to work at Nitro and goes, oh, what is going on here? Oh my gosh, we have a dead body. And as is alluded to, uh, she had helped the town's police chief solve previous crimes. So she gets little nuggets of information from the sheriff, uh, especially when, you know, she happens to drop by the local jail with an apple strudel because she knows she knows how to how to handle people. So anyways, uh, on the crime aspect, on the mystery solving aspect, 
nothing terribly exciting. However, uh, I really enjoyed the cast of characters. I liked the care that the author took to describe the brewing process without getting too bogged down in details, but sort of just giving that extra little layer of interest to sort of show, you know, why is this a special thing? Why is this something that people would be interested in if they were to visit a town like Leavenworth or like Port Moody. And although the mystery was solved by the end of the book with a neat little bow, she did leave a little bit of a cliffhanger at the end concerning something about Sloane's past, which was woven throughout the story. So that little tidbit where if you care enough about the characters, maybe don't care so much about the mystery, uh, the murder mystery, but if you care enough about the characters, uh, it just may be enough to keep you coming back for more past Beyond a Reasonable Step. That is a very Liz-themed book, for sure. I hesitate to say there's a cozy mystery for everybody, uh, because I feel like there's no cozy mystery for Virginia. However, thematically, I feel like if there's a theme that you're remotely interested in, then somebody has conjured up some kind of cozy mystery series related to that theme. Yeah, if you lie awake at night wondering if... Does blank have a cozy mystery? Probably does. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you could even start with the first book in the series. <laughs> I feel like a few of us in this episode have kind of gone off the beaten path in, in various ways. And that that's okay as a reader. No judgment, right? Right. Except from Corrine. <laughs> Some judgment. <laughs> Some judgment. (laughs) Anyways, dear listeners, uh, what you decide to do, you can choose your own path. No judgment from most of us here. (laughs) As long as you're reading. Anyways, (laughs) thank you so much, everybody, for joining us for our episode on Cozy Mysteries. I hope uh, you get the opportunity soon to grab a great book, your blanket, your hot beverage, your Udi TM, and enjoy that book um, despite whatever weather is going on outside so thanks and we hope to see you i was about to say see you again not really but we hope you'll join us again for another episode of keep it fictional from the port moody public library thank you for listening if you like our show please tell a fellow book lover about it you can find a list of all the books we discussed in our show notes join us next week for another fun book chat until then Keep it fictional.